0: Welcome to Crossed Over, the show where you hear stories of people who have been transformed by Jesus Christ, who have truly crossed over from death to life.
1: Well, welcome once again to Crossed Over. I'm Jeff Johnson, the host of the show, and thank you for taking the time to listen to us or watch, no matter what way you are engaging in this show, we're so glad that you have taken the time. And I know you are going to be challenged, you're going to be encouraged and uh, with, with our show today and the guests that we have coming on in a few moments. Just to remind you, or perhaps if, this, if you're new to Crossed Over, to tell you the heart behind the show, the motivation behind the show, it really comes from God's word, comes from the Bible in John 5, 24, where Jesus uh, says these words. It says, very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes in him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. What's amazing uh, that now that I'm a Christian, 20 uh, something years as a Christian, is hearing stories of people Um, who have literally crossed over from death to life, spiritually speaking, but that God has brought them through, brought them out of um, being what we consider spiritually lost and poured His life into them. And we have a special guest today. We're going to go right to it. Her name is Amy Seward, and I'm going to talk about her in just a moment, but let me bring her in. Amy, how are you today?
0: I'm good, Jeff. How are you?
1: so glad to have you on our show so thank you for being thank here
0: support it's, it's a privilege
1: well Amy is uh, part of our church here at First Baptist in Kings Mountain I've mm-hmm. known Amy and her family for many years now uh, Amy has a background in Florida so I feel a special affinity to her and her crew but uh, Amy uh, personally speaking, Amy has been involved here at our church in the women's ministry. Headed up our women's ministry, and uh, for a number of years, and a lot of ladies in our church have been blessed by her leadership through Bible studies and uh, events. And so, Amy, thank you for your leadership in that. And is yeah. also uh, personally, Amy is um, has been the small group leader in the student ministry for my daughters, my older daughters, and so thankful that Amy continues to have a heart for young people and um uh, and and do that so Amy thank you for pouring into my children
0: oh absolutely your daughters are just amazing so I've enjoyed them very much it's really a blessing to get to know those girls
1: well they have uh, they have been they love you as a small group leader and have benefited i know personally from from you pouring into <laughs> them so thank you well mm-hmm. Amy you're here on crossover and as a guest on crossover we want to have a conversation today where you where we talk about really jesus and what he means to you and in part of sharing that is going to be you going back and introducing um, yourself to our audience sharing a little bit about for those that know you may not know some things about you for those that are new to amy seward uh, they'll get to know you today and hear some of your story So um, thanks for being on. And uh, as we get into it, Amy, share with us a little bit about your family. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about your bio, so to speak.
0: (laughs) I'd be happy to. Um, I live here in Kings Mountain, obviously, with my family. Uh, Brad and I have been married for 19 years. Um, This month, we just had our 19th anniversary. Um, He needs a trophy, by the way. Um, But anyways, we have a son. He is a senior at Limestone University. Used to be college, but now it's university, so we're thrilled about that. Um, and then I have a daughter who is 17 and is in our youth group there at church. She's um, been homeschooled since about four, like the middle of fourth grade, um, but so we we have a pretty busy day here at the house. But uh, she, you know, it's a lot of fun.
1: Well, so. life life with kids in that age is where I'm experiencing that journey is never a dull moment.
0: It's not, I have to say with my son, you know, it's always that little, well, I mean, since he's the oldest, he was my first experience with sending a kid off to college and there was a, a little rocky year for mom over here, you know, having to wrestle with that, letting go a little bit. And But this year has really been um, such a blessing between Alec and myself, just with our relationship evolving, you know, more from mother, son, even though it'll always be that, but into friendship, like real friendship. And so I'm getting to just dip my toes into the water of that kind of relationship with him. And so it's been exciting. It's just been neat to have those little changes go on. Well, my
1: kids are a few years behind Alec, but uh, I can see that that transition happening, no Mm -hmm. doubt. Blink
0: of an eye. (laughs) <laughs>
1: Great joys and, and and you know changes that come that come to families.
0: That's right. Well, That's right. Amy,
1: let's let's go back a little bit, if you would, mm-hmm. which I think it will help give us some context to um, mm-hmm. when you share about what Jesus means to you and what He's done in your life. I think it's going to be good to kind of give our audience, um, those listening, those watching, some context. Share with us a little bit. Let's go back. Share with us a little bit about. Your childhood, you know, where you were born, uh, what that family dynamic was like, and I'll be quiet and let you talk.
0: Okay, I'd be happy to. Um, Yeah, I was born in Jacksonville, Florida. So the part of Florida that I'm from is kind of like being from another country from the part of Florida that you're from. <laughs> um, it's just Northeast Florida. But anyways, when I was two, we uh, moved to a little town outside of Jacksonville called Middleburg, Florida. So that is where I spent all of my days uh, growing up. Um, I had, I was the oldest and the only girl, um, had two brothers. We were all about three years apart. Um, so in my second brother came along. Um, I was six years old, so he was my living baby doll, and uh, that's where I got my experience with babies, you know, for the first time, and um, he may not appreciate me saying this, but he even did let me dress him up a few times (laughs) growing up, but anyways, we had a a close family. Um, I was raised in a Christian home, so really there was never a day of my life that I'd didn't know about Jesus and didn't, you know, um, I wasn't in church or anything like that. Same from the time I was able to be at church. My mom had me there at church. Um, I mean, really truthfully, my mom would have been more of like what I'd call the spiritual leader in our home. Uh, my dad was gone a lot, uh, a lot of times with business, you know, he worked for both, um, a railroad company and an elevator company. So that would require him to go out of town a lot for work. Um, And when he was in town, he didn't always go to church with us, uh, but my mom had us there every time the doors were open. Her dad was a a music director up in Jacksonville, and so she was raised as well in church and just there for every function, you know, every time the doors were open, we were there. Um, I got tickled listening to Jackie Fisher's testimony because she mentioned the GAs and Acteens and all of that. Um, by the time I came through for GAs, we just got our badges, you know, so we had like the sash that where we got our, the pinning of our badges, but my mom was one that went through all the, those cotillion kind of things too, you know? Um, but they didn't, they kind of got rid of that by the time I came yeah, through. Yeah. Um, anyways, then, when I was and, about, oh,
1: go and, ahead. And thank you for the shout out. You need to go back and hear Jackie's testimony.
0: Yes, Definitely yes. Definitely. It's yes.
1: good. Sorry, carry on.
0: No, no, that's fine. Um, when I was about 12 years old, um, maybe like that 12, almost 13, um, age, my mom and dad got divorced and, um, it wasn't a surprise to us kids. In fact, you know, we kind of, we saw it coming, I guess, for quite some time, but it was a shock to, I guess you could say the community, like in our church and the family, like the extended family. So, um, I wouldn't say like it wasn't like a smooth transition, you know, um, that would have been my first time that I kind of saw a little difference in the church. Like the church had always been my second family, so to speak, you know, because we were just there all the time. And when I saw them, you know, kind of like the reaction that that kind of trickled down from that, um, you know, divorce was always like a taboo. And um, I don't know. It, it just kind of hurt me a little bit. But I didn't really realize that at the time, to be honest with you. But I I just, you know, in retrospect, think back to that. And that was a really big, um, uh, a monumental thing for me, I suppose, as a kid. Um, But anyways, over the years, my biological dad um, and us, we'd all just kind of drifted apart. Didn't really have a super close relationship. But a couple of years after that, so by the time I was about 14, my mom had remarried. And... um, So my stepdad uh, became dad. So there were, just like you, when you mentioned in your testimony, um, he had two older sons. So we became a blended family, still the only girl of the family, but now instead of being the oldest, you know, and having that dynamic of being the oldest sibling, I was now sandwiched between two older brothers and two younger brothers. So that in and of itself had some pretty challenging days, <laughs> but still we are all that we you know we were still very close and God blessed us in the sense of really truly blending our family and being um, one unit. And my dad, um, so so yeah, like you, if I say my dad, I'm referring to my <laughs> stepdad. Um, he was a, a very godly man, um, strong Christian. And was really like what I would call the rock for my entire family. I mean, he just was such a charismatic guy, you know, 6'3", real, real wide and big, just this big um, personality that like he was a kind of when he walked in the room, I mean, he stole all the attention, you know, uh, not in a bad way, but it's just, you just, you just didn't ignore him. And um, so I really had that good security feel from that father figure, you know, for the rest of my days at home. Um, and then, you know, so that was with my family situation, um, still in church, but by this time, instead of being, even though I still lived in Middleburg, um, we went for quite some time. So like my older teenage days were spent at first Baptist of downtown Jacksonville, which was a mega church. So I went from being in a small community church to this big church. So that was a little different too, but, um, Excellent, excellent teaching there. Um, you know, always just great, just great Bible teaching. So I didn't miss out on anything. Um, yeah, so that was early life. You know, in high school, I played uh volleyball. And so, for some people who might know me today, um, they might be a little surprised to know that I was quite active, <laughs> you know, back in my days because I'm not had, an athlete. I'm just I an had athlete.
1: no idea <laughs> that you were a volleyball player, of course. Yeah, you know, I that was my daughter rachel played volleyball for a number of years mm-hmm. but volleyball for me was i would get my chores done so i could go to the beach and play
0: volleyball you
1: know yeah <laughs> so. you know
0: that's a whole other game that was it very is. hard It volleyball, is, but I, yes. I didn't
1: know that about you i did I really yes didn't.
0: and you know in being in florida we just were raised either at the beach we were either at the beach all the time um where i lived in florida where i primarily went was saint augustine beaches um that was you know now my husband he was. He, he was also raised in Florida, but he ended up in the Jacksonville beaches area, you know, Fernandina and those areas, and he was surfer, you know, up in there. But, um, anyways, that's like also, that's like
1: that's like the beach hood. I mean, he just right. didn't go up to the that's Jacksonville. Right. That's I'm, right. we I'm I was in the
0: classier part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, just being on the water. So I learned. I mean, I water skied from at an early age, you know, and, um, we were just always out on the boat. Um, my dad was a big fisherman and, and you know, hunter. And so it was just a lot of outdoor stuff.
1: So but, Amy, so it seems yeah. to, it seems what I hear you saying is that, you know, you, you grew up obviously, um, pretty stable situation for a time and then your parents mm-hmm. divorce. And, you know, I've seen that, you know, had people that I've known who've gone through that. Twelve is a tough age to go through, a divorce, and then I also share a little bit with you with when your birth father sort of fades out of the picture. The dynamics there um, really can impact you. But it sounds as if that when your mom remarried, that almost like the dust seemed to settle. Am I am I sensing that correctly? That
0: yes, absolutely. Um, you know, our our home life was very stable. Yeah. Um, and, and my mom with my my stepdad, you know, who was dad, they um, they had one of those what I call a, a fairy tale romance. It's one of those that like every young girl who just wants to get married aspires to. You know, their uh, marriage was definitely Christ centered, um, built on God. Um, like I said, he was, he was definitely the spiritual leader of the home, which was something I was, you know, was new for me as to have like the male figure be that spiritual leader. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was, that was a good experience. You know, everything has b- pros and cons, I suppose, you know, with all of that dynamics in play, but it was good. And I guess I want to back up and say, cause I didn't even hit on this, but, um, because I said, you know, always being raised in a Christian home and never knowing about Jesus, I actually um, made my public profession of faith, I mean, where I, I really understood um, everything. I was, I was in the second grade, um, and that's when I really um, felt the, the urge to, to really officially, you know, ask Jesus to be my Savior and, and to forgive me for my sin, and then made my public profession of faith and got baptized um, was in the second grade yeah I was gonna so, ask
1: you about that yeah. you know yeah. I think when we've had a few of our guests on crossed over that's a, it's a different story than my own you know mm-hmm. but I know like my own kids have grown up in church and uh, mm-hmm. they're they're surrounded by an environment that, uh, that talks about Jesus you learn about Jesus you go to church all the time when the doors are open right so you were in second grade when mm-hmm. uh, when you uh, made a profession of faith you know, for those mm-hmm. of you, um, I know that's the kind of a churchy phrase. Many of you right. know what that is, but it's when you kind of make a public, you come forward and you've made that decision to follow Jesus in faith. Uh, some, uh-huh. some churches like to say, ask Jesus in your heart, but that right. you made a step of faith, trusting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Um, so mm-hmm. you do that as a young age, and mm-hmm. then sort of we carried you into this early teen years Mm -hmm. yeah um, your mom remarries seems Mm -hmm. to um, carry on a very faith-centered family which is good Um, Mm -hmm. how would you say how would you say that as a teenager going through that how was your life impacted by your faith and then your mom remarrying I guess what was life like, particularly as you as you grew as a Christian too, during those years?
0: Yeah, um, you know, I don't know I don't know really know how to answer the question to be honest with you, about my faith being impacted through the divorce. Um, I was really raised um, my mom always taught me like when things happen. Um, to not ask the question, like, why me, Lord? You know, like how people sometimes can say, why? Like, why is this happening? But instead to think, why not me? Um, Like I grew up, my granddaddy, um, which was my mom's mom, I mean, my mom's dad that was a music director, he was crippled. He had been crippled since he was two. He fell out of a swing set. And so he always had that disability. And I was raised with that. And, um, you know, so I guess I was just raised to not ever look at it like in a self pity kind of perspective, you know, like, oh, poor me or whatever. Um, So I don't, I don't, wouldn't say that like any of those situations really impacted my faith. I would say, okay, so like in my junior year of volleyball, which is of course, you know, about the year that, um, you know, college letters start coming in saying, Hey, you know, we might be interested in you coming and playing here. And they knew that I also was, you know, what I had put in was I wanted to do nursing. So i got a couple of different um letters for that so it was like in an exciting time and thinking like okay where do i want to go to school well i ended up getting injured um i had gone to um a a volleyball camp at florida state university over the summer and i got a pinched nerve in my neck and through a um you know some stuff that we were doing well it turned out that throughout my 11th grade year that I just, like, every time I would get better and come back, it just kept happening. So, finally, towards the end of that year, my doctor just said, forget it. You can't play this anymore. You're going to lose that nerve. So, that was, like, the first big hit, you know, kind of like you're on this track. You think you know where you're going, and then all of a sudden, boom, no, you don't, you know, because this isn't going to happen. I couldn't play anymore. I was still able to, like, um, you know, be just as active in other school things. Um, I was, I think my senior year, I was president of like our FCA group um, that they let me still be a part of, even though I wasn't technically getting to play my senior year, Um, so that was good. But also another big um, punch was in my junior year of high school, my dad went in for what we thought was gonna be a simple appendectomy, and he got diagnosed with cancer. And that was a big whammy to our family. Um, But, of course, my dad showed extreme amounts of faith. And he just really, you know, had that attitude of we're going to beat this. God's going to, you know, see us through. And for about the next four and a half years um, after he did his treatments, he was cancer free. But it it did eventually come back. Um, So, yeah, that was through high school. But, you know, I was just one of those um, good girls. Um, I... I always, um, I always loved Jesus. And so I would defend him, I guess you could say, you know, or like really get in, get passionate about, uh, religious discussions with people. Um, I was very blessed that, um, I did, like, a lot of my good friends, even though we didn't go to the same church, and a lot of them were from different, like, you know, some maybe, um, like, Church of God, or um, not all, like, we're just the Baptist kids, you know, different uh, religions, but they were all really good kids, so for that, I was, you know, I was very blessed in that the the tight circle of friends that I had were all Christians, and, um, or at least even those who weren't, they were still really good kids, like, not involved in the drinking or the party scene or any of that kind of stuff. So all smooth sailing pretty much through, you know, that regard through high school. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, as a former youth pastor, I mean, no doubt. And as a parent and you know, this too, how important Mm -hmm. the role of peers are to our, um, during those years, the the people you hang out with, but most important is, is the family, what goes on there. And sounds as if, you, you know, you had a, uh, I guess a pretty firm foundation from that perspective. Yeah. Well, one of the things yeah. I know you and I have talked about this and I know you've seen some of the shows. So one of the things that I really like to talk to people about when it, especially, mm-hmm. especially in regards to their faith is not just the fact that, Hey, they're a Christian and they're right. going to heaven one day. I got my ticket. You know, when I die, I'm good. I'm good to go. But right. really taking literally the verses that Jesus speaks in John ten ten. 10, you know yeah. the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, "I've come that they may have life, and life to the full." And, mm-hmm. I, and I firmly believe, and I know you agree, that that so much of the life, even with crossed over from death to life, so much of the life that Jesus gives us has to do with the here and now. Has to do with yeah. purpose and um, sustaining us through it, and the joy we experience, the the calling that He puts in our life while we're you know, while we're right. here on this earth. So let's shift a little bit. And, and really, as, as I think of your testimony, and one of the things mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm kind of excited to hear, because I know it's going to minister to some people who are listening and watching, is let's shift gears a little bit. And let's talk about your life into the 20s. Um, life took a few turns for you and some challenging mm-hmm. um, times. But Yet through it all, your faith in Christ remained. God sustained you. And I want to hear, and I'm just going to, I'm really going to step out of the way. Talk a little bit about your journey post high school into your twenties and some of the, um, the hurts, the heartaches, the joys, the in between, and, um, we'll go from there.
0: Okay. Yeah. You know, so they say, um, faith. Um, is worthless if left untested. So up until that point, you know, as a kid, you kind of like don't really know or realize how much you stand on your parents' shoulders or stand on their faith until you get out in the world or you have some things where your faith gets tested. Um, Yeah. So one of the things, you know, it, Where I might have been a little different, um, you know, our generation is is about that time when it was just like going to college and going to school. That was kind of like not even much of a choice. You know, we kind of knew we needed to do that. But really, if I had to really answer, like, what is your dream? Like, what do you want to be? All I really wanted to be was married and have my children. You know, I just wanted to be a mom. That was really the deepest desire of my heart. But, you know, anyways, I also wanted to do nursing. So I knew I had to do that, too. All right, so yes, I got young. I mean, I got married at a very young age, um, right around 19 years old is when I first got married. Um, So that's very young. But um, from there on out, I would say I had about a solid decade where one thing after the other just came at me. Now, some because of just dumb decisions I made, you know, like not waiting on the Lord, Not And then I guess, and uh, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I I can't analyze, you know, professionally. I don't know if having gone through, like, being a kid of divorce is what kind of made me um, not take the sanctity of marriage quite so seriously. I mean, I, I did. It's like I knew it in my head that, you know, when you make that vow, it's forever. But at the same time, I think it's like, okay, but if it doesn't work, you know we can get a divorce, Um, which is a terrible, terrible way of looking at it. I just, I never said that out loud, you know, at that time, but I guess that's really what was happening um, in my heart. But, so I got married young. And then um, about a year later, I guess, my dad got diagnosed again with cancer. That was the four and a half year mark, where his cancer came back. And he had to battle that for about the next four years. But in between then, um, well, I guess it would have been right around the time that he, he knew from the last time that he was diagnosed terminal um this would have been about 1998 um that's when my first son was born um which would have been in January it was a a pretty dark time for my family because my dad was just so um he was so down because he was just so convinced that God was going to heal him and, you know, he had already, like I said, he'd already gone through that four and a half year. And, like, kind of say once you hit that five-year mark, you know, that remission, you know, it's it's a, it's very hopeful that it's never going to come back. But uh, so he almost made it. But anyways, he was very down. And um, so but he got to see my son be born. That was his first grandchild. And, of course, he was sad after that thinking. I, I remember he said, you know, it kills me, Amy, that I'm not going to be here to sit in the stands and see his first ball game or you know take him fishing and teach him all these things and and i you know i I broke my heart but little did he know that um just a year later that my son you know would be with him and not with me um but so yeah okay so 98 my son is born Um, that same year in july my dad passed away and then um that was right around the time like right after that i found out i was pregnant with alec which is who my oldest son is now um that was 99 that he was born so you're just talking a year later um four months later is when my son who was 18 months at the time drowned and he drowned at our pool at our house and um it was a tragic accident and um you know even though it, it seriously, I mean, like, you know, of course, people they, like the the, the police they have to investigate everything. And it was absolutely no negligence. But as a mom having that child, you know, you just automatically blame yourself because um, you're supposed to keep your children safe. And so that was something that uh, just reeled me. I mean, this was only 13 months after my dad died, but now my son is gone. And it was kind of like for a little while, like I just wasn't even living in my body. You know, sometimes I felt like I was watching my life on like a movie screen. Like this just isn't real. It's not happening. But um, it definitely was happening. And, you know, the month before Alec was born, if I didn't say this, is when my divorce was final. So by this time, I was a single mom now with two boys uh, living with my mom. But then. Um, after Tyler drowned, um, I still stayed with my mom for quite some time, but needless to say, I had depression set in and it got so bad. My family was very concerned. I went, finally went to the doctor and they diagnosed me with what's called reactive depression. So it's not so much that it's, you know, hey, you're a depressed person. It was that you're depressed due to something that happened to you. Um I can't say that they really helped me. You know, I wish I could. I know a lot of people do get some, some help and relief from doctors and, but that didn't help me. Um, and all during this time, my walk with Christ was on and off, on and off, on and off, you know, and I'll be honest, it's, it's, um, I know now, I know, I mean, I know enough now about spiritual warfare, you know, again, not to get too, you know, technical in terms or whatever, but, It just seemed like every time I was growing in the Lord, that boom, something major would happen. And um, I know, I mean, I know that our enemy doesn't want us growing and walking with the Lord and just wants to keep us down. So I know that now, but uh, I didn't stop to think about it then. But after my son passed away, you know, I remember my mom saying something to the effect of, um, you know, the things that we go through, like God allows things that, that make us stronger. You know, each thing kind of prepares us for the next thing. You know, we have more faith or more um, ability to go through the next thing. Well, after Tyler had passed away, honestly, I couldn't imagine anything worse than like, okay, like Lord, who else? I mean, m- my son, you know, my infant son that I had and my mom, my mom was my best friend. And I could not stand the thought of either, you know, of anything happening to them. Um, You know, part of that's true, what she said. But at the same time, I mean, I think it was a lie used in my own head and brain by the enemy, too, to create this fear of, like, if I get close to you, Lord, something else is going to be taken from me. And I can't, I can't handle anything more right now. Um, So... And I, I just say that to say it's not like I ever walked away, so to speak, like I never left my faith. I never quit believing in the Lord. Um, I never was angry at God. I never blamed him for any of it. Um, I just kind of like wanted to go in neutral, if that makes sense. Um, which, of course, we know there's no such thing. But in my mind, that's what I wanted to do was just go neutral. And so I did that for a while. But I have to tell you that only made things worse you know as far as depression goes oh goodness those were dark the darkest days and I I dread it for anybody like I just wouldn't wish it on anybody um you know a couple years after that my mom ended up moving away from Florida she got remarried she married a fisherman from um North Carolina and ended up moving up here and that was um Again, you know, I told you I was a little bit afraid about losing my mom, even though it wasn't through death. I lost her being with me and um, didn't realize just how much I was kind of sucking the life out of her, you know, because she was giving me what I needed. Um, But anyways, she left. And then, of course, that just threw me into even darker days. Um, But in God's grace, you know, um, he always gives us just what we need when we need it, and in February of 2002 um, is when Brad and I got married. I had met him the year before. We um, happened to live in the same, um, a, like, apartment complex area, and I met him through some um, mutual friends that we had made there, and uh, so, and then also another blessing after that, after we got married, um, not long, because Alec, um, same thing happened with him. He just didn't, he didn't know his birth father, which was my ex-husband. He was out of the picture, and he never came around. He had moved away. So Brad was able to adopt Alec, and um, that's why Alec is Alec Seward, and not another last name. He is Brad's son. Um, but that was, a, that was a blessing for us, because even though the name wouldn't have mattered, it did help to kind of make us more like our family, you know. Um, and then in October of 2003 is when my daughter Sarah Beth was born. Now, I always wanted a little girl, you know, and I got two boys right back to back. And I remember going like, oh, you know, I wanted one of them to be a girl. Um, You know, they say, be careful what you wish for. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. You know, girls are great, but they are harder than boys. Um, But anyways, um, you know, it was, I look back at that time and it's like, there was a lot of happiness and joy. But the darkness that was still there and like my heart was still so broken over all of those things that I had lost that it's like it almost eclipsed that joy, you know, in my memories. Um, I remember when my mom had found out that I was going to be having Sarah Beth, she was very afraid because I was at the point like I worked, you know, as a nurse, I worked. But like when the weekends came, if I didn't have to. I didn't want to get out of bed like that's the state of mind i was in you know like, i just didn't want to do anything and um of course you know when you have a little kid you can only get away with that with so much because you have to tend to them and take care of them um so she was a little bit concerned about me having sarah beth but um thankfully the lord used that as a, a great um healing time for me but it was really about six weeks after sarah beth was born that, um, like I said, I was really at my lowest point, um, just spiritually and mentally and emotionally. Um, you know, just having another child doesn't replace a child that's gone, um, even though, you know, it's another blessing there for you. It just it doesn't always just fully take away the pain that's there. But I remember her, she was six weeks old and I was uh, rocking her in her nursery, feeding her and i happened to just be i don't know lost in my thoughts and thinking about how much i've loved my mom and how close we've always been and how much i admired her and really looked up to her and thinking about my myself and the condition that i was in and i had this thought like she's not gonna think that of me you know how how could she ever think of me like i think of my mom And then Alec came to the door to ask me a question, and again, this was in January of um, 04. so right at the beginning of 2004. That fall of that year would be when he started kindergarten, and so um, as I was thinking about him, I had the thoughts like, well, you know, I can remember some days of kindergarten. I have have memories from that time frame, and all of a sudden it hit me like, he's going to remember me like this, and that just kind of like shook me, you know, I just didn't want my kids remembering mom who just didn't want to get out of bed or mom who was just always so down. And, um, it was like right in that moment here, I'm having this whole inner dialogue with myself. And in that moment, it's like, I heard the Lord speak to me so clearly. And, you know, um, I know brother Chippa said this, and you know, from your own experience that when the Lord speaks something to you, you hear it. I mean, not audibly like you're hearing me right now, but like you hear it in your spirit, you know, that was not me, you know, that, that was not me. But anyways, he just spoke to me and it was so gentle. Um, but so just to the point, and it was something like, you know, are you ready to try it my way now? Just as simple as that, but I knew what he meant. And it's like, I had been doing life in my own strength and making my own decisions without waiting on him or even really coming to him um it's like my walk with him was just always this on and off thing on and off thing you know like sometimes I could realize like oh my gosh it's been like two three days and I haven't even prayed and I mean that's just where I was at and um and you know when the Lord kind of breaks you um it is the sweetest thing in the world because it hurts. It hurts, but it's, it's a different kind of hurt. It's a hurt that like begins the healing process, if that makes sense. So anyways, he, it's like he just walked into me sitting into a pitch black room and turned the light switch on. Things just begin to become clear to me. And so over the next six months, he did just a massive spring cleaning in my life it's like all the things that I had built up for myself just came crashing down and he through his word you know just started rebuilding things um you know like you and I talked before you know before about how my foundation was always the same you know Jesus was the foundation but I built so much that wasn't of him on yeah. top of that that it had to come down, you know, for him to rebuild life the way that it should be. So for those six months, it was just like um a fire had gotten lit, you know. Um but then after that it was just like our whole like Brad's and my life and our life with our children was like night and day. Our home was different. Um everything just revolved around the Lord. And so I'm so very thankful that he dealt with me in that way um, when he did just because I had the opportunity of raising my children in church and teaching them about Jesus and just being so on fire for him and loving his word. I mean, like, I can't even tell you, I just had this ferocious appetite for his word. It's like I could not get enough And, um, and just fell so in love with Jesus. I mean, you know. Here, I always wanted to get married and have children. So, like a, a lot of girls dream of this fairy tale romance, you know, N- never really realized that, like, the best romance of all is with our savior, you know, that he's just, he is like the missing piece of our heart. And he, he just fills every void that we have, you know, that's made specifically for him that we try and try and try to fill with so many things of this world, you know, and it just doesn't ever satisfy. So, um, you know, that was pretty much where it started. But then, you know, w- with my walk with him, as far as the the consistent walk with him, and I have to say that um, considering that that was when Sarah Beth was six weeks old, you know, uh, less than a year old anyways, um, it's still going strong. And so I, I just praise God all the time. just thank him so much for letting me go through the things that I went through, um, when he did, you know, one of the things that I'd like to say, you know, when we know when God comes in and does like heals our heart or, um, really does a work in us, it's like, you know, because everything's completely healed. And that was, you know, all those years, like I just, oh my goodness, I just sat in such darkness, like in my heart, my heart was so broken, and I would just grieve over my son, and I would grieve over my dad, and just different things, and it was just like, once he came in, and I just surrendered my life to him, and gave him everything, it was like the healing that he came and did, no doctor, there's no doctor on this earth, there's no medicine, there's no amount of therapy that could have done what Jesus did in me, and um, so, you know, I give him all the praise and all the glory for that and that was that was pretty awesome for what he did for me.
1: I think there's um and thank you for your transparency, your openness to share. Um, I think I think a lot of times there's this perception that as a Christian, that you've got to be perfect. It's not saying we don't strive to walk the narrow road and be all the things that God calls us to be. But I think even there's this perception on the outside, this kind of perception put on Christians that, oh, you're a Christian. Well, life is going to be perfect. And there's no right. doubt, even from the things that you shared. Um, and I would say this from a lot of other Christians that I've known. Um, if you go back to even Shane's testimony and we. week, um, Week three, I believe, of crossed yeah. over. Just because you're a Christian doesn't protect you from sometimes life, the challenges right. of life, the difficulties, the hardships. But, but that your faith can, in Christ can sustain you through that. And um, so, I, Amy, it's Absolutely. it's unimaginable as a father of four uh, knowing the, I guess, the hurt and the grief that you went through, uh, particularly mm-hmm. in that short period of time and how that impacted you for really a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that my, my stepfather went through that. Um, uh, my stepbrothers had, um, a brother in between their age who died as a, as a young teenager. And that was before mm-hmm. I knew them, but such mm-hmm. a tremendous grief for any, anybody to lose a child in a tragic accident. But you know, one of the things that I really, Amy, was encouraged, I guess, by what you shared was, well, a couple things. One was that you still had people around you, your mom mm-hmm. in particular, and you had others that I guarantee you through this were continuing to support you and pray oh, for yeah. you and be there for you. But also as a Christian, what's amazing is that though the world can be ripped from us, that we mm-hmm. still have A savior, we still have the Lord who can pour his life. And and I agree, there's been some moments for me that I have very few times, but I've really sensed the Lord speaking to me. Um, Mm -hmm. Not audibly, but I know it was him getting my Mm -hmm. attention. Mm -hmm. And what's amazing is that by your words, it's like, okay, are you ready to live? Life Now that I've got for you, are you done? And really, I think that's as a Christian, I think we have to grow. We continue to grow in this understanding of what surrender is. And it's amazing that you talked about inconsistency and it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. who you are. Every, everybody that calls themselves a Christian has had pockets and periods in their life when they've been inconsistent and where we've built up our own walls to separate us from God often in fellowship at times, mm-hmm. but God, God never goes anywhere. And that's just amazing that God, I believe that God in your darkest of days, God, God was there. He mm-hmm. was, he was sustaining you when you really didn't even know that he was sustaining you. His that's life right. was holding on to you in his hands.
0: It, he was. And I'll tell you another thing that was a big blessing. Um, as you know, it's, it's, as he was rebuilding things, you know, he, he also helped me process in my brain, just, just all the years, you know, the things we had gone through, um, you know, he doesn't always give us reasons. Like sometimes we don't know why, and you know, he's God, he gets to, you know, I I don't question him, but I tell you, um, You know, the verse um, that really spoke to me was in Psalm 119, um, verse 67, where it says before I was afflicted, I went astray. You know, it goes on down a couple um, verses later where it says it was good for me to be afflicted. You know, Um, that was probably when I knew that um, that the healing process was absolutely Mm -hmm. complete. Done was when I could thank him. for all of that pain because what he told me was it's like yeah i you know i can definitely trust god to get me through that but you know what he trusted me too he knew that i wasn't gonna leave like that wasn't going to shake me you know like when jesus told peter you know peter satan's asked to sift you like wheat you know but i've prayed for you that when you return you'll strengthen your brothers. You know, we don't get sifted unless there's something that needs to be sifted out. Right. And so he did a lot of sifting. You know, I got a lot of, um, just a lot of stuff kind of cleared out of my life that just, uh, was a hindrance. And, um, so when I reached that point where in all sincerity, I was so grateful and thankful and I wouldn't have traded my experience for anything in the world because as low as I got, it's almost like sometimes the, the lower you are, the higher up you, you know what I mean? Like the higher up you could go with him. Um, it's just, oh, yeah, I, there's just nothing like yeah. walking with the Lord and letting him um you know have your burdens and to heal you from those kinds of things
1: well for anybody that knows you today um what and and even from sensing from what you're sharing in this what you're Mm -hmm. seeing is god having brought you through um Mm -hmm. the the strength the person the word is i guess perseverance it comes to my mind and i really think of james one where it's like you consider pure joy when you face these trials of many kinds. That the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And when I see right. your life, Amy, and when I hear um, your words, and seeing your relationship with God now, what I see is I see have perseverance having worked in you and mm-hmm. God God brought you through and sustained you and matured you in many ways oh yeah <laughs> chiseled you um it's almost like you know when you think about someone that works out when you work out mm-hmm. you're tearing your muscles down to be built up right. bigger and stronger and so Amy as we kind of and thank you for sharing all that I I, yeah. I want our listeners and those that are that are that are joining us on the show, to really, um, I, I guess there's two sides of it, Amy. For someone that may be watching who's not a Christian, hopefully mm-hmm. they've seen a very real and honest, I guess, um, open open life story. That just because you're, um, just because someone's a Christian doesn't mean life is perfect. Um, that we're gonna right. make mistakes. We're gonna have these hard times. Some of it is just life, the difficulties of mm-hmm. living in this world disease and hardship and some of it's our own choices you know we we live with the consequences of of our life and we can experience this great tremendous grief through both of those situations but Mm -hmm. i also want to want those that are that are christians would consider themselves a christ follower to really um i guess focus in on a lot that you shared about Um, the renewed focus, the renewed walk, the consistency of not up and down, but of the day by day, year, you know, week after week, month after month, year Mm -hmm. after year, and what God does that, um, does the work in you and really maturing you. So Amy, as we wrap up, here's what I want to challenge you with Mm -hmm. uh, a little task. I want you maybe in, in final minute or so for, for anyone who may be listening to this episode of crossed over you've shared your testimony the story of how God's life has continued to just pour into you if there was someone listening who's at a low point someone may be struggling Um, they're, they're feeling you, you said maybe kind of, maybe numb, kind of that in neutral was your word. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What would, what would be a word of encouragement or challenge that you would give them?
0: Oh, you know, that, that is a challenge because, um, sometimes when you're in that place, you don't want to hear it, you know, but I would just say this life is hard. Life is very hard. Um, You know, and and like Jeff said, we're not, we're not promised um, necessarily an easy trip in this life, but I have to tell you just from my own personal experience that, um, and I believe this with all my heart, life is worth living just like our hymn says, life is worth living because he lives and he wants to live through us i mean you know we get his holy spirit when when we're born again and he lives his life through us if we let him and um you know when we try to do it in our own strength we just get tired we get worn out and you know and again even if we are living in christ because there's still times that things will happen where you just feel tired but you know he's always there. And it really is true. Like his word is true. And he is true to what he says. He's faithful, even when we're not, you know, um, let me, it's 2 Timothy 2.13 that says that, you know, that even when we're not faithful, he's still faithful, because he can't deny himself. So when you're in the palm of his hand, um, you can, you can rest knowing that he's, he's got you, and he's not going to drop you. And even though it might feel like, you don't know how you're going to take your next breath for the, for the next five minutes. Um, He knows how much you can bear in, in the nick of time, he always comes through. He always is enough. And um, that's just what I would want to tell you. Just don't give up and seek him because he's right there. He's not hard to find. And um, the love and the healing and just the completeness that you get from Him, there's just nothing like it. Mm. Nothing like it.
1: God is certainly faithful. Is certainly faithful. He
0: is. He Amy, is. Amy,
1: thank you for your time today. Thank you for joining mm-hmm. us. And I, I my pleasure. As I, I know that God's going to use your, your sharing with us today um, for for someone who needs to hear it out there. And thank you for well, encouraging so. me. So thank you for uh, yep. for being uh, on our show today.
0: Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Okay.
1: Well, um, I know my goal is to kind of keep some of these episodes, um, you know, what's somewhat reasonable in time. But, uh, you know, I never want to cut off or shorten um, someone when they're sharing um, something like you heard today. So I'm grateful for Amy coming on. And I'm not sure, maybe I've not made this, if you've seen any of the other shows. If you are not a Christian, you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. Can I just simply, as we wrap up today, share with you that that you may be in a place that's low, that's dark. Um, You may feel lost. You may feel... Like you don't know what life is about, where God is. Can I just say that God is not only real, but He's faithful and He loves you enough that He would send His own Son to die for you on a cross, Um, not just because He's a cruel God, but because He's a compassionate God that He would that He would allow His Son, purpose His Son Jesus, to go to the cross to die for our sin. I know that's a churchy word, but it really just means, hey, every day we're all broken apart from God. It's the, it's the imagery we have with the bridge and crossed over. It's like there's this cavern. Imagine the Grand Canyon. You're on one side and God's on the other. We cannot experience this life that, that Amy talked about, the victory over grief and um, victory um, through life's experiences and whatnot. We cannot do that on our own. We cannot... Pour life into our own self. We are lost without God. And the good news is that God has bridged that. He has sent his son to be the bridge so that we can experience new life. And it's in that verse, John 5, 24. And he gives you the opportunity that you can cross over from death to life. So can I share good news? It's simply open your heart today to him. Say that you have nothing else. Nothing else that can sustain you. Nothing else that can give you life. And you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. And there's prayers can you can pray, but really it's just opening your heart saying, God, there's nothing that can give me life. You are my only hope and source. And that comes through what Jesus did on the cross, where his death on the cross paid for the sin that separated me from you. God, come into my life, forgive me of my sins and make me new. And you know what the Bible says that when you do that, when you turn to him in faith, that you will truly become a new creation. Go back and hear some of the other stories, um, even, even in addition to Amy's. You'll hear each of these lives who have been changed by Jesus Christ. So thank you so much. As we close this, I know it's been one of our longer episodes. That's okay. It's been good. And thank you for sticking with us. I do want to give um, a shout out to the River City Church, to Ryan and Clarissa Sithome, who planted a church in the Pacific Northwest in Vancouver, Washington. They have um, a coffee company that they started to help support their church planting efforts. It's called Church Plant Coffee. And their website, um, for those of you that can see um, and tuning in for watching this, you can see the information on the screen. For those of you listening, you can see it's, you can hear today that it's churchplantcoffee.com, churchplantcoffee.com. If you love coffee, uh, support the work that they're doing and buy some good coffee. Uh, as we wrap up, uh, please help us get the word out. I'm so grateful that Amy joined us today. We have some wonderful testimonies lined up in the coming months, and we want to continue to get the word out. You have more social media following, I'm sure, than I do. So go out and help share, uh, like, subscribe on YouTube, uh, rumble on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Well, as I close, I'll close this episode as I do every time. Uh, I'll close by saying, as long as you have breath in your lungs, you have hope, and hope has a name. And as you've heard today, that hope is found in the person of Jesus Christ. So until next time on Crossed Over, take care.